You are listening to Astrology Today, coming to you live from beautiful Sunshine Coast and Powell River, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klahomin Nation. I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer. Welcome to my kitchen. Another episode in lockdown. Staycation? quality alone time and living up close and personal with whoever it is you have in your house. Okay, so I just want to remind folks at the beginning of this episode, as with any other one, if you want a copy of your birth chart, um, send me an email with the following information, time, date, and place of birth, and I will send you a PDF of your chart so that you can follow along. And you can get that at Maureen, M-O-R-E-E-N, at cardinalastrology.ca. I want to give a shout out also at the start of the show to all of our frontline workers. Uh, thank you for all you are doing. The big question of the day, how do you know you are not a carrier? Eh? Act as if you are and keep others safe from you. Okay. I would also like to suggest that if you know someone who lives alone, uh, to check in with them often. Let's not let anybody fall through the cracks. I will talk more in my forecast section on what astrologers are talking about re this pandemic. But in the meantime, uh, the bulk of the show is going to be about Aries and this show in particular about the planet Mars. Mars is considered easy to live with if you were born at night and not so easy if you were a daytime birth. He has a wide range of significations. Some come from his pairing with Venus, as in, we all know, love slash war as the simplest pair, or Venus, the fact that Venus brings people together while Mars is severating, severing or pushing things apart, separating. Mars also signifies violence, wars, robbery, screams. I'm not sure where that comes from. Uh, the taking away of one's possessions, banishment, exile, estrangement from parents, cutting and separating. Verbal abuse can come in here. Insolent, insolence and lies, deception. There is also a contrast with Jupiter which is alliances between people and Mars represents representation of separation of that. When Mars is you, in other words, he's the hour marker, ruler, so Scorpio rising and my personal favorite, Aries rising, I'd put my hand up here, um, or moon in hard aspect at Mars, anger and fighting, which will come from these temperament qualities. Mars rules in temperate heat and excessive heat. When you are too hot, you get violet. And with the body, you get attacks of fevers, ulcers, skin eruptions, inflammation. Um, and also with Mars um, prominent as ruler of a Scorpio rising or Aries rising, you can get cuts and burns. I myself have an Aries rising and I can attest to both of those, plus the skin eruptions. Yeah. Anyway. 
Okay, Mars separates by means of the blade, then overheats and destroys by means of fire. So all of these images and, situ well, not situations, but qualities, keep in mind when you're looking at a chart and it has a strong Mars component. Okay, Mars is obviously because of the heat uh, associated with metal workers, iron workers. Um, I'm also imagining here sculptors in metal, that type of thing. Mars is the extremes of heat necessary for transformation of many different materials. And that, in of course, includes psychic and internal. Uh, so deep psychological processes. Um, you know, could easily be encountered or required given a strong Mars in a chart. Positive manifestations, yeah, there's a few. <laughs> Athletes, athletics, all of that sort of competitive assertiveness comes out with Mars, um, as well as, of course, the military, soldiers, surgeons, surgery, um, paramedics. You know, first responders always come to mind for me with Mars um, in it. That's that ability to just act. Okay, but what I'd like to do is give you a taste of what Mars can do in different places. And that's the way it's called in Hellenistic astrology, but it's more what we in modern astrology would call houses. So I'm going to take us through a 12 chart journey <laughs> with Mars in each of the houses. And in order to set that up, I need to get some charts here ready for me to look at. And I'm hoping my levels don't look all that dazzling, but I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm taping okay. Okay, so we're going to start with the first house. So again, as I mentioned earlier, Mars then would represent you um, as the first house is the strongest indicator of the actual person, physical health, vitality, and, you know, sort of the character that they present with. And so the first fellow I'm starting with is Edward Snowden. We have seen his chart in the past. And um, I'll just do a little bit of his bio, but first um, he's a Gemini sun and Gemini is rising. His moon is in Scorpio. So of course, Mars is going to have a bearing on that. Um, and so I'll just give you uh, again, the Coles notes on some of the main points of his bio. This is a quote from him. I don't want to live in a world where everything I say Everything I do, everyone I talk to, every expression of creativity and love or friendship is recorded. And of course, he um, disclosed to the media um, tapes from working with um, the U.S. Intelligence Service. So on Snowden's 30th birthday, the United States Department of Justice uh, charged Snowden with two counts of violating the Espionage Act. Um, and he ended up uh, being exiled to Russia. And as far as I know, he is still there. Um, he was considered a genius among geniuses who created a widely imp implemented backup system for NASA um, and often pointed out security flaws. Uh, Mars is in that first place in Gemini. 
it is natural for these natives to act with the ruler Gemini co-present with Mars is happier still with information to act on. Uh, the ability to separate all is present. I would like to note when he was young, um, he broke both his legs in a training accident. Again, Mars first house, those who have Mars in the first house. Uh, warning, 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 pay attention. You can be subjected to lots of accidents if you're not paying attention. Uh, this Mars also provide, presides over his moon in Scorpio and draws on his social connections 11th house uh, for support. Gemini and the World Wide Web have been a help to him. And um, the reason why I mentioned the 11th house, of course, is that is an Aries uh, placement. And so Mars rules that 11th house. And it also brings, you know, sort of um, good luck or, you know, a positive uh, note for that Mars, uh, which is good because they're, you know, people have reached out and helped him. So that is Mars in a night chart. Now, what happens when you have Mars in a day chart? Well, sometimes not so good, not so good. And the chart that I picked for this one is Oscar Pistorius, who, um, just to bring you up to speed, was an um, Olympian in first the Paralympics. So born with a major defect to his legs and feet, um, he had them amputated as a child, but got fitted with the latest and greatest of um, prosthetics, which gave him quite the ability to run. So again, Mars first house, it's you and your physicality. And in some cases, obviously in his, um, there was a limitation imposed on him right away. Uh, but then, um, you know, he was able to take that um, and use that in a very positive way, you know, obviously having to learn how to walk and run and became a world athlete at it. But with Mars, of course, this is a day chart, so it is a malefic, a true malefic. And unfortunately, the whole violence slash anger slash overheating got the best of him. And unfortunately, he murdered his wife. Not a good thing. <laughs> and is currently, there was quite a to-do around uh, when he did get charged, when he did go through his trial. Um, and subsequent, uh, I don't know if they were retrials, but he is now serving quite a long sentence for um, the murder of his wife. Okay, Mars first house day chart, not a good thing. Okay, now the next one I'm going to look at. Unfortunately, there will be a few pauses as I get my materials in order. Okay, so the next is the second house. Again, I'm going to look at a day chart. So in theory, Mars is not going to be behaving all that well. And this is the chart of Robert Downey Jr. Um, he has uh, Sun Aries, which is up in the ninth. So of course, this Mars is going to have some direct impact on that. Um, this is a Mars in Virgo uh, in the second house. And like I said, it is in operating in a malefic fashion. 
Now, it is also applying to Saturn. And it's interesting, you know, I, I pick charts for specific configurations, and then I start to notice that they all have some very similar things, um, which is both malefics kind of tied together. And that is exactly what he has. I think uh, the last time I brought his chart up, it had to do with the fact that he had Saturn in Pisces, which is a difficult one in terms of addictions and that type of thing. But Mars in the second house. Um, okay, so learning and challenge to make this pair work. It has been a strong uh, a struggle, nearly losing his career to addictions. And of course, career or livelihood can be an indicator of the second house. Mars directly affects career, what one does to earn a living, and the material world possessions, money, and property. With Leo rising makes handling that Mars even more important to health because his son is uh, the indicator of the who of who he is, and Mars rules that. Um, Mercury, Mars ruler, in Aries, under the beams, acting without thought not a good idea, especially for him. Okay, so if you had uh, Mars in the second house in a night chart, uh, Mars would bring about a more positive expression, could afford the native with quick reflexes towards the acquisition of resources. I'm thinking here, stock market trader, um, another skill that could be very useful, of course, is being a surgeon. Um, skilled iron worker, sculptor, military, soldier, police, that type of thing. Okay, now my next scenario is third house. And um, in third house, one of the primary indicators uh, for the third house can be a really strong female figure in your life, but it's mostly about relatives and in particular about siblings. Now, the chart I chose to demo this one is Michael Jackson. And of course, when his career erupted, he was part of a huge tribe of siblings up on the stage. Um, and so this is where that Mars is, and it's in Taurus. Okay, so uh, Taurus adds the flavor of Venus, so the value of teamwork. So there would have been something kind of natural to um, work with his siblings. Um, the ruler of Venus, though, um, or the ruler of Taurus is Venus, and it's in Leo in the sixth house. And um, so what influences that Venus will be the sun. As you see, these pieces start to connect together. And we do know that his father uh, was not necessarily the best influence. Um, you know, it, it uh, was both positive and negative, but I suspect there was a great deal of competition for his father's favor, uh, which would speak to uh, the fact that it's Mars in the third house, there would have been that competitive need to be valued by the dad. Um, there is a um, an applying square to Mercury, which is conjunct Venus. And so communication slash, I'm thinking here too that uh, the Mercury 
Venus is also um, his dancing, uh, that sort of active piece of the sixth house with siblings. He would have wanted collaborative work, um, and he did that through his dancing. Okay, so in a night chart, though, um, I would expect that siblings would play a more positive influence because in a night chart, Mars is in a good place here. The third house can see the first house, and this is how the Hellenistic astrologers would see the dignity of a planet and where it was placed. So third house is a good place. Um, it would also probably, because the third house was also associated with the queen, would have made uh, women very important in terms of either a relative or a sibling. Okay, now my choice for the fourth house, and I need to slow this down a bit, although I'm on a two-minute long episode, <laughs> is, oh, the, this was, uh, when I saw this chart the first time, I went, wow, <laughs> this is Gordon Ramsay, and um, uh, he's a chef uh, with a notable temper. So we are going to expect that Mars is in a significant spot. And sure enough, it is. Um, in his chart, he is a Sun Scorpio. Okay. He has Gemini rising. Um, and Mars is in the fourth house in Virgo. Okay. So that Mercury that is the hour marker or him himself um, must also integrate this Mars in sort of how he presents himself to the world. And sure enough, he did. But let me just read you a brief bio. In his autobiography, can you believe this? Humble Pie, <laughs> he describes his early life as being marked by abuse and a neglect from a hard drinking womanizer. Does that sound like uh, Mars conjunct Pluto, conjunct Uranus, conjunct the moon in Virgo? Um, he describes his decision to enter catering college as an accident, a complete accident. He has described the decision to set out on his own as the most important day of my entire cooking career, most important decision of my life. And see, Mars would have been that directing, you know, that energy that, you know, pushes you to just act. Ramsey is a wonderful chef, just a second rate human being. <laughs> and that was a quote from, I think, a food critic. Ramsey himself said he was unaware of the extent of his swearing until he watched an episode of Boiling Point. While he stated he did not have a problem with it, Mom was appalled, his mother. <laughs> Ramsey revealed that he exercises semi-competitively for general well-being, as he has seen overweight and unfit chefs collapse, become unable to move quickly around the kitchen. He often competes in Ironman, marathons, and triathlons. He also eats very little per meal and prefers to graze throughout the day partly due to the habit he built up as a judge and chef, um, and also because of his busy schedule. He has a black belt in karate. Okay, so if that doesn't sound like a prominent Mars, I'm not sure what does. 
Okay. So this Saturn, um, it is in a, it's in a night chart. So it is bonafide by that. Um, but it is connected again to that Saturn. Yeah, it's opposed by that Saturn. Okay, a sign-based opposition. So again, these two must figure out how to work. Um, in a day chart, we might see an uncomfortable home life. Okay, so even in a night chart, you get with Mars there, an uncomfortable home life. Um, I'm imagining um, also in a day chart that uh, natives would want to leave home early. Uh, that separating effect of Mars. A history of violence may be in the family rather than just a verbally abusive father that Gordon experienced. Um, and I'm also thinking too that may well indicate your house burns down or your family home burnt down, um, you know, because Mars is associated with fire. Okay, so in, um, and the other reason why the fourth house becomes prominent, of course, is because it does sit on the angles. Um, and any planet is, you know, sort of becomes way more active in a person's life when that planet is on an angle. And the angles, of course, are first house, fourth house, seventh house, and tenth house. And I don't know if in the background you can hear my dogs howling. I hope not, but you might, you might, because that's what they're doing right now. Okay, now it was interesting when I went looking for fifth house Mars, for some reason I struggled with this. Um, and the two charts that I came up with, um, one is a day chart, one is a night chart. Um, are not ones that either I don't think many people will be all that familiar with the people involved and one of them is actually quite young okay so what we have with the fifth house this is one of the good fortune houses um, can be indicative of advancement and success uh, Mars negative side will be downplayed even in a day chart or not I have picked a chart of the child born to Brad and Angeli, Jolie, almost the perfect symbolism of one born with a golden spoon in her mouth. Her first released pictures when she was just born made major money. How bizarre is that? So this is Shiloh. Um, she is a new moon, um, sun moon in Gemini in the fourth, uh, Pisces rising. So that puts Jupiter very prominent. Her Mars is in Cancer, not exactly a comfortable place, but obviously having it there and it being the fifth house, that has, you know, kind of improved its qualities. But it does harken back to where is her good fortune going to come from? This is Mars and Cancer. Well, of course, it's going to come from her family legacy, both her son and her moon, mom and dad, sitting in the fourth house, they were the ones that handed her the spoon. Um, very interesting. Be curious to see, you know, whether she herself becomes prominent. Her Jupiter does rule her 10th house. Um, that is, you know, the, the ruler of her ascendant. So it's possible 
Um, education and travel, definitely. Um, you know, born in Nambia. So she holds that passport plus a U.S. passport. Now, the second one um, is an actress. I'm not familiar with her. Um, she had a long time, seven year running TV show, obviously in the States. Uh, this is Stephanie Kramer. Again, Mars is in the fifth house. So even though it's a day chart, we would expect that um, there would be some mitigation uh, because it's in uh, the fifth house. And But again, <laughs> this gets me. Um, I've picked a chart that has um, a trine from the Scorpio ascendant Saturn trines this Mars. And of course, Mars will represent this individual. And so from a health point of view, putting this in uh, the fifth house was a very good idea. Otherwise, her health may have suffered, um, but it didn't. But there are restrictions. And where the restrictions first came out has to do with apparently she has a very good singing voice. And so um, where we have this, uh, let me just get to the right page again. I get ahead of myself. Okay, so um, okay, so um, la, 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 la. on the day chart. So this is a TV actress who had success, but also some no goes with her music career. Um, her break in television was in 1984 when she landed the starring role in Hunter, a creation of the television mogul Stephen J. Cannell. After a rough start, the show was broadcast for seven consecutive seasons, but then she, you know, took a bow out um, because she wanted to do, um, after appearing in 130 episodes, um, she made a quote to Jay Leno, um, admitted that she had not believed the show would be as long lived as it was. Um, so when she left it, she wanted to get her music career going. Uh, so she started working on a rock album with composer Mike Post, who had penned music for Hunter uh, for the show. Uh, she announced that she might put out an album the following year, but no album was forthcoming. Later, she began uh, another recording album in England with producer Nils Lofgren. That album was also never released, but her career and her singing did connect, continue, but without the suspected public acclaim her Leo sun and moon were looking for. Um, she is a new mooner, like my other chart. This is just too weird. Um, with Leo, that sun-moon conjunction uh, in the 10th house, of course, with Scorpio rising, um, that good fortune of the fifth kind of worked, kind of didn't, but I suspect it was a major bonus point in terms of her health um, because, of course, that Mars also rules her sixth house. Okay. Let's see now. Where are we? We are to the sixth house. Now, for some strange reason, <laughs> I'm still studying the course, folks. Okay. And so I'm not an expert in this Hellenistic stuff yet, but I'm working on it. Okay. So the sixth house 
in Hellenistic tradition is considered a joy for Mars. And my, I mean, what first pops to my mind is the fact that strong sixth house emphasis, you're a worker, you work daily. In ancient times, of course, it was considered the house of slaves. Um, so hopefully we've upgraded its status, the sixth house, to uh, people that work in service industries or they just work a lot. Um, okay, so the chart that I picked for this is our country chart, the country of Canada. And we have Mars in Virgo in the sixth. This in general speaks to our socialized medicine, our armed forces, which though small are considered very good at what they do. They are ranked 24th out of 138 countries. Mars rules our ascendant, so if we were a person, this would require us to pay attention to our health and daily routines, and oh boy, is that necessary at this time. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we do have a strong social medicine. Um, so Mars, though, this is a night chart, so Mars is in pretty good shape. And it is further emphasized and made dignified by Jupiter um, opposing that uh, Mars. And um, even though Mars or Jupiter is in the 12th house, it did speak to, you know, 6th, 12th. Um, I see this combination as our downfall relative to our indigenous population and, and unfortunately what we put them through, the colonizing debacle. Mars is also Saturn's ruler, Saturn being in the eighth house of abuse of power and shared resources. But there is a sextile between them. Again, almost all of my charts put the two malefics tied together. Okay, so with a sextile though, that needs perspective. So getting that proper sense of responsibility has been a long time in coming. Now, if you have Mars in the sixth house, he is in his joy, but now he is truly a malefic if this is a, if you're looking at a day chart. So it could well be accidents, accidents and illnesses that have an inflamed quality as well as difficulties in the work environment. Um, you know, bosses that are too um, aggressive, assertive, abusive. Uh, one would look for really good mitigations if you have Mars in the sixth house or a career that uses that. <laughs> Again, here, this would be, you know, like surgeons and things like that. Okay, so for the next example, um, we are looking again at an angular house. This is the seventh house. And so placing Mars on the angles, makes it prominent. So you're going to prefer to be looking at a night chart so that Mars is a happier seventh house. And the seventh house typically will describe the people you are going to be in relationship with. Unless, of course, you've got Aries rising or um, Scorpio rising. Then it's going to be a combo of you and the people you're in relationship with. Now, the person that I picked is for a demo of this is Stephen Hawking. He has a night chart, 
Um, so putting Mars on the angle means the people that he was in relationship with uh, would have been very beneficial to him. Um, okay, his ability to mobilize in the literal sense came from partnerships, which facilitated his continued productivity. Mars in Aries in the seventh house, and that's what he has, those partners would have had to have the courage and the Mars ability to act immediately to the problems that Stephen would have had. I see Mars also sometimes as the will to live, a fierceness, and this guy has demonstrated this quality in spades. This is a positive malefic, a happy Mars in Aries, dignified. This Mars is also moving slow. Okay, um, The speed of a planet um, also indicates how quickly or how slowly the effects take place. Um, and I suspect this is what delayed his health issues um, and would have given a longer length of life. I'm thinking this is just my idea. It's not something I've seen in my studies yet. Um, so when he did pass, it was interesting. His part of fortune reached his part of spirit. So the part of fortune is sort of the unfolding script uh, of your physical life. Um, part of spirit is what you're going to do out there in the world. And when the two of those came together is when he decided his time was up. Okay, so if you have a day chart, no, I'm not going to mention anyone in particular. <laughs> I have a day chart with Mars in the seventh. Um, can indicate tempers, um, both yours and partners. Um, can indicate partners having accidents. Um, as Mars is a malefic here, this will not make for harmonious relationships unless both partners recognize their part in escalations and confrontations. Uh, myself, personally, it is me because I have Aries rising. Um, and one of my biggest lessons has been learning to understand what triggers my off-the-chart anger and i can say very clearly that uh mars in this chart um has been a challenge for me to uh wrestle with okay so our next house is not a happy house this is the eighth house and um i can remember when i first drew up this chart um, it was like, huh? And this is the chart of Barack Obama. I think in general, history will look upon his presidency in a favorable light. And yet his chart has some major challenges. And one of them is the Mars. His is a day chart. So he has sun in Leo in the seventh, Aquarius rising. And he put Mars in Virgo in the eighth. Okay, so what did I say about this? Mars again <laughs> is connected to Saturn. Now Saturn, um, which in a day chart is not as malefic, um, is in its joy in the 12th house and it's dignified because it's in its own sign of Capricorn and it trines this Mars. So obviously, 
it's helped this Mars out. And um, let's see, what did I say about this? Um, yeah, so my question was, you know, like, how does this produce a successful presidency? Inquiring minds want to know. The aforementioned connection must help the Mars out this Saturn. Uh, plus Mercury, whose sign Mars is in, is made dignified by an opposition from Jupiter, the benefic, the happy planet, in a day chart. On a practical level, I believe in the halls of power. This guy knew how to keep his enemies close, because that's what the eighth house can be all about. So Mars in a day chart can be an indication of people dying from violence that you know, uh, not the native, but those they are in relationship with, uh, losing inheritances, being cut off um, from money and stuff, or bankruptcy where you are separated from your stuff. This is not a good placement, and you would be looking for that Mars to have some positive mitigating. Okay, so Barack Obama. Now, next up, um, again, one of my favorite charts uh, to look at, and this is the chart of one of Canada's best. Um, there's a word for this, and I and it's just escaped me. Anyway. We produce some really great writers, and Margaret Atwood is probably one of the best, if not the best, that Canada has put out there. Okay, so this, uh, she is a Scorpio sun, Gemini rising, of course, that speaks to the writing. Uh, moon in Aquarius conjunct Mars in the ninth house. So we've moved on to the ninth house. Uh, so Mars in the happy ninth house, because it is a positive house, uh, pulling in a mutual reception with Saturn, again, <laughs> connected to Saturn. Um, so Saturn is in Aries and Mars is in Aquarius. So they mutually take care of each other. There is a nice sex style here. So again, the two malefics are going to produce a working girl and she does work. Okay, moon conjoining Mars, um, we get issues speaking hard truths daily. Why the hard truths? Well, she's got Mars, or sun in Scorpio, which is also ruled by that Mars. So it's in a superior square, um, and like she had a choice, I think not. What she writes about is just what's in her. In a day chart, which this isn't, this is a night chart. Yes, yes, this is a night chart. Um, in a day chart though, naturally it makes a trine to the ascendant, thus that would mitigate any Mars placement in the night. Um, but the negative effect would be, would depend on, you know, obviously other connections, but it would create problems with foreign travel, foreign ideas, um, you could run into problems with the law, with a Mars, uh, a day chart Mars in the ninth house. Um, and you could run afoul of bosses because the ninth house is also the position of the king. But obviously for Margaret Atwood, um, this Mars 
she would totally understand social distancing, <laughs> Mars conjunct the moon in Aquarius, sextiling Saturn, um, and the themes that she write about writes about, excuse me, um, are totally emblematic of, you know, Saturn in Aries, Sun in, in Scorpio in the sixth house, and, uh, you know, her very well-documented um, TV show, book turned into a TV show, and then, you know, just recently she wrote the sequel to that. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's kind of aced her chart. Um, this is also the lady with Mercury which is literally stationed within hours of the moment that she was born, um, elevating that Mercury. Okay, so that is ninth house. Now, the next one we're going to look at, and again, I have had this chart up before. This is another Canadian, another famous Canadian, Neil Young. And when I looked at his chart the first time, I was looking more to um, the ascendant as being the person themselves. And so I emphasized his Scorpio ascendant. Um, and of course, with it being a Scorpio ascendant, that Mars becomes part of who he is. And so how he manifests that Mars is particular to himself. Um, it's not really going to represent anybody else out there in his life. Um, he placed it in the 10th house. So how he acts, literally Mars, um, is going to be on display. Okay. So, um, so he has a fiery temperament and did a lot of separating in his career. Um, he would join up with people and then disappear, literally, without even a buy or leave. He would drop out of one band and go do some personal music work and then form up with other people. And then again, you know, just separate from them. He also did a um, separating from different relationships. Um, and so this being a, well, it, this one is a confusing chart, uh, because his son is right on the ascendant. It is below the ascendant. And so there could be some questions about whether this is a day chart or a night chart. Um, so typically if this was a full on day chart, then, uh, one's ability to manage their temper, uh, given whether Mars had any kind of dignities at all or um, mitigations, you know, this would be someone who would um, present or be seen out there in the world as um, uh, very decisive, um, very warlike, possibly. Um, and um, attracted to or involved in. Uh, warlike activities or Mars activities could also be sculptors and surgeons and that type of thing as well. But with it being negative, um, prone to visible um, crashes and burns, literally. <laughs> okay. Um, now the next chart, kind of getting down to the end here. Um, this is the 11th house and the 11th house is if, you know, if we could choose our charts, we would put everything in the 11th house. 
Um, this is one of the reasons why Donald Trump is so successful. How can this be? But he's got a whack of stuff in the 11th house, and this is the house of good fortune. Okay, so what happens when you put Mars there? And the chart that I picked is Mars in a day chart. So this is a challenged Mars, and this is in the chart of Janice Joplin. She has a Sagittarian Mars. And this makes those, the, uh, the bonification of this 11th house is all about people helping you out. So primary here are friendships. And for Janice, who came from Texas, the foreigners of the West Coast music scene, because this is Mars in Sag. Um, and it was to be the root of her success and obviously the root of her downfall as well. Um, her career was helped and hindered by powerful associations. Um, so the, what's possible is the, um, to be conferred with wealth, honors, and gifts. And so this is a bit of her bio uh, in 66 Joplin's bluesy vocal style attracted the attention of San Francisco based psychedelic rock band Big Brother in the Holding Company, which had gained some renown at that time in Haight-Ashbury. She was recruited to join the group by Chet Helms, a promoter who had known her in Texas. So there's that 11th house condition. Um, and, uh, okay. So Helm sent his friend, Travis Rivers to find her in Austin. That was successful. Unfortunately, Rivers himself was key to, you know, putting her back into that environment in which there was way too much drugs and alcohol. And unfortunately, um, her associations and the company that she kept um, would have been a huge mitigating factor in terms of her death of an overdose from heroin. Now, if it was a night chart, Mars obviously uh, would have uh, brought, again, very uh, powerful people uh, but bringing more of a positive influence. Um, I did not find a chart with, a, you know, a night chart with Mars in, in the 11th, but if I run across one, I will probably in future make a comment about how well it works. Um, because obviously, even though it's the 11th house, it doesn't always pan out in a good way. Okay, now the last chart, of course, is a 12th house Mars. And again, I come back to Canadian talent. And this one is our favorite poet slash troubadour musician and that of Leonard Cohen. Um, he is a Virgo, Virgo rising sun there. Um, so it is a day chart again, right on the ascendant though. Um, so there's always a bit of a question of whether that's day or night. Um, his Mars though is firmly placed in the 12th house in Leo. And so it does make up part of the quality of who he is. Um, and what did I write about this? Oh, I know. Okay, so just a little bit uh, from his bio. 
Um, of course, the twelfth house is about self undoing, um, confinement. Um, can also mean jail time, but there is a type of confinement that is perfect. Um, and so, and perfect that it is part of self undoing. And that is a spiritual journey in which he took on in earnest, in the Buddhist fashion, um, Zen Buddhism to be specific. And that is what you are doing is you are un under, not undermining, but undoing your attachment to the self. Um, and so he used it well, but um, if it if it is a day chart, um, some of that self undoing was not always obvious to him. And again, Saturn <laughs> is opposing the Mars. I can't believe how people how often people put the two malefics handshaking. Um, but what we do see whenever those two are working together, um, whether it's in a bad way or in a good way, work is what they do produce. Okay, so um, his own self-undoing was not always obvious to him. Um, I'm thinking in particular the way he let his finances get away from him. Uh, you know, wasn't taking responsibility for paying attention to who was handling his finances. Um, and just the angst and his um, quasi-depression probably came from this 12th house Mars, but out of it came, you know, his amazing talent, um, you know, of poetry and song. Okay, I can see that I am coming nearly to the end, and I have stuff to talk about in terms of what's happening. So I am going to quickly uh, move on to um, where's that moon. But like I said, I've been, um, before this week, um, uh, I want to pass on some of the talk coming from the world of professional astrologers, re the current state of the world. My source as of today will be from Chris Brennan's podcast series in which he and fellow astrologers Austin Kopic and Kelly Surtees discuss each month's astrological events. And of course, this month with all that has happened, they talked a lot about the big background stuff. I highly recommend this podcast, Chris Brennan's astrology podcast show. Um, you'll find it on the web. In a nutshell, our current situation is what the Saturn, Pluto, Jupiter, Mars, South Node in Capricorn have been pointing at. And obviously that, that whole scenario was triggered with the Saturn-Pluto conjunction in January. Then, and of course we had three malefics there for a while and Mars went along and ignited this change. Okay, so... Um, social restructuring was the point of the Saturn-Pluto um, conjunction and a similar Mars or Saturn-ruled conjunction um, of Saturn and Pluto also was around when uh, the AIDS epidemic came through. And of course, that restructured society as well. Um, my idea in the last episode that we might see a reversal to the increase in cases with Mercury ingresses into Aries. Yeah, the guys didn't didn't even see it that way. The way they saw it, so we'll upgrade my comment, um, is um, the activity 
um, the collective ability to actively do what needs doing will improve when a Mercury moves into um, Aries. There is hope that we might see an end quarantine with the new moon on April 22nd. I hope they are right. Uh, the economic fallout, though, will not be totally evident until next year. Um, okay, so meanwhile, on the daily front, where's that moon? So I'm writing this piece on Thursday and taping it on Friday, so I'm losing the benefit of the Friday news cycle. But starting with Saturday, March the 28th, we have Taurus Capricorn moment when the practical concrete world is on the front page. The moon in Taurus is tracking with Venus in Taurus, and they both are connecting up to Jupiter and Pluto in Capricorn. Can big government structure benefit support? our ability to navigate these times. Stimulus packages are rolling out around the world as work grinds to a halt. On a personal note, Venus suggests a day to pay attention to physical comfort. Does your routine accommodate the new reality? The moon leaves Taurus for Gemini at 6.30 p.m. tonight and almost immediately trines Saturn. The implication of the new reality, remember Saturn is now in Aquarius, may occupy the evening conversation and also means rather sleepless nights for a sleepless night for some. Sunday, March the 29th. Um, Communication, obviously moon still in uh, Gemini. Uh, movement will probably dominate today's agenda. Conflicting arguments may surface this evening when the moon squares Mercury and Pisces. Just remember this is 8 o'clock. Agree to disagree. Monday the 30th. Drum roll, please. And I'm serious about the drum roll. Uh, we have Mars leaving Capricorn today and we'll catch Saturn tomorrow. Um, on the podcast, I listened to warning, warning, warning for these two days, Monday and Tuesday. Yikes, the two malefics kissing, probably not a good thing. Yet in some scenarios, action meets responsibility. The true nature of the challenge we are facing becomes clear. Early degrees of fixed signs, if you have important points, planets here, you are in for a challenging two days that will periodically be triggered again till May 13th when Mars leaves Aquarius for Pisces. Also, I noted that Austin Kopic suggested cabin figure fever erupts in an angry way in these two days. Okay, everyone find a safe outlet for your frustrations. Moon in Gemini plays host today, spreading the news. Uh, March 31st, overnight the moon moved into Cancer. All the collective doors slam shut as moon in Cancer has us all in protective mode. The kiss we have all been waiting for, not, happens at 11.30 a.m. Mars and Saturn conjoin. This is followed by the moon sextiling Uranus at 2.20, a surprise consequence. This day is not gone. good. Hunker down and be safe. April Fools, prankster day, April Fools, <laughs> ah, that we all wish we could wake up from, eh? 
Moon in Cancer continues on Wednesday. Hunker down, communicate what you need to feel safe. Moon trines Mercury, 10.50 a.m. Words are not your only vehicle. The moon then catches up to Neptune. I'm imagining a perfect moment to send out a collective prayer to humanity coming up to 4.20 p.m. Thursday, April the 2nd, 2020. I'm struck by just how often a Thursday is way too active. Moon triggers no less than six planets today. Sounds like the moment we collectively bounce around in a pinball machine. Here is the parade. Moon checks Jupiter and Pluto with both Mars and Saturn out of Capricorn. Can our response to this threat improve? We should see signs in the morning. At 11.30 a.m., the moon moves into Leo on the grand stage. We get an opposition to Saturn, then Mars. Then to make sure the drama reaches a peak, a square to Uranus, so echoes of Tuesday. There may well be indicators of what to expect on a economic level for 2021, especially around the economy. Otherwise, cabin fever will be on display and not likely in a good way. The fireworks should end about 9.40 p.m. Friday the 3rd, 2020. Are you ready for information overload coming at you from many, many talking heads? Venus is moving into Gemini and will be here way too long until the first week of August. Mercury conjoins Neptune, great for world prayer, but all those talking heads will make no sense at all. Moon is still in Leo, so no one is talking in a calm and reasoning voice. Show next week, April 4th. Uh, expect a bucket load of cold water coming from Venus trying Saturn. The reality of our collective effort to overcome together and deal with the pandemic. Then Jupiter conjunct Pluto, who shows which nations are going to be able to respond effectively. In between these two events, the moon moves into Virgo and those on the front line come into focus. Okay. I'm at the end of my show. So you have been listening to Astrology Today on CJMP 90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station. And I thank you for listening. And I do not have any music to take us out because I'm at home and it's tricky to do that. Anyway, everyone, be safe. Take care. Keep your distance. Thank you for listening.